Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Good morning. It is Friday, November 29th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news within 15 minutes or fewer. My name is Trey Scott, and today I'm joined by CBSSports.com football writer Barton Simmons, and we are going to spend the next 10 minutes or so running down the most important games this weekend. I cannot wait to wake up shake off that turkey hangover, and get ready for some football discussion. And by the time you're listening to this, there's probably already a game on, so turn the TV on too. Barton, you can guide us here. The most interesting clash this weekend, is it the non-Ivy League version of the game? Is it the Iron Bowl? Is it Bedlam? I think it's definitely the Iron Bowl because ultimately a playoff berth could be on the line. We're seeing the Mac Jones-led Alabama team. And and this is ultimately like a one-game interview. Uh, It's a showcase. What is this team without Tua? And, I I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see. Because, look, if if Alabama goes in there and and beats Auburn decisively, uh, two scores, 14 points plus, then suddenly we look at this Alabama team, and I think you have to, in a way – categorize it as a team that beat Auburn uh, by more than two playoff contenders right now in, in LSU and Georgia, and it did it with Mac Jones, and we all assume Tua is better than Mac Jones, and he is, but is this team rising to the occasion? So, look, it's a great opportunity for Alabama to, to, to have that kind of a showcase. On the flip side, I think in a lot of ways, Auburn may be more equipped to upset Alabama than it was to upset Georgia. Um, this defense Alabama has has to really step up and, and play physical with that Auburn ground attack. Uh, defensively, uh, obviously we know about that Auburn defensive front and, and the way it's uh, limited what LSU has done in the past game, and or at least challenged LSU in some different ways. And, and Alabama's got to be up to that task. So I, I think that game is... Is fascinating, and you know, with all the um, huge moments in that rivalry, there's, a, there's certainly a lot on the line this weekend. There, I think, given how good Auburn's defense is, a statement for Alabama might be winning by two touchdowns. No, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And and yeah, I mean, we talk about 20, 20 plus point win, what that means. But no, I think if you can win by fourteen points, um, if you can even win by ten, and it never really was in doubt. That to me is is a statement, um, and then you just gotta you know then it's just sort of the subjective question of what does the committee think about that statement. I gotta ask you about Mac Jones, so we'll move on. I think he surprised a lot of people with his recent games, but again, it was against like Arkansas and Western Carolina. So against Arkansas, eighteen for twenty two, three touchdowns. Western Carolina, ten for twelve, three touchdowns. Mississippi State, seven for eleven. Even Tennessee, six for eleven. I got the job done. I think a lot of people were expecting him to come in and be a little bit worse. I, th- I, I, I certainly was. I think I've been surprised, but I'm also trying to remind myself, we really still don't know much about him given the quality of the opponent. 
Well, I, I mean, one area where we got a little scared on the Mac Jones deal probably this year was in the second half of the Tennessee game. Um, Tennessee was really making it a game, really had an opportunity to, to cut it to cut it close. Tua went out with an injury. Mac Jones came in and the offense stalled in, in a big moment. And so I think that's the question. You know, he, he really hasn't been tested in a big moment yet. Um, Tua goes down against Mississippi State. That team was deflated. You, you, you can excuse whatever happened post-Tua injury in that game. Um, uh, but ultimately, that game ended with the same score it was when, when Tua, before Tua got hurt. So there's that element where you, that, which is the question he has to answer. You know, can he, he, he's very capable, and he's proven he's capable. Uh, can he do it in a big moment? Um, I, I'd remind people, too, to think back to the spring game. Uh, was it last year? Um, 20, so it would have been the 2018 spring when Mac Jones was moving the ball up and down the field. Tua was injured, and so it was a Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts show. And Nick Saban was caught on the mic saying, man, our third-string quarterback's moving it. Why can't Jalen? And so all that to say, like, he is – it's not like this guy is just some – you know, off the street frat guy. I mean, he is <laughs> he is a guy that was supposed to be the gem of Kentucky's class before Alabama stole him. He is a guy that was really good on the camp circuit. He's capable. So just how capable is he? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out. We'll find out. Alabama's a three and a half point favorite. That game's at three thirty Eastern on CBS. Okay, the other one I'm really excited about. Ohio State eight point favorite at Michigan, noon on Fox. So the Wolverines Sometime in October, after they had gotten blasted by Wisconsin in what was at one point 35-0, we started talking Jim Harbaugh buyout. We started talking about Josh Gaddis. What a flop. They've reeled off in four straight weeks, 45, 38, 44, and 39 points. Shea Patterson's playing the best football of his life. But here's Ohio State, number one defense in the country, and Chase Young. Yeah, I mean, it, look, the it's Michigan right now is 2016 Penn State. Remember 2016 Penn State? Won the Big Ten, right? When, when Joe Moorhead arrived, James Franklin, I don't want to say he was on the hot seat, but Penn State fans were beginning to wonder, is this really the guy? Uh, they, they lose. They look bad the first few weeks of the season, and then they go on this tear, and, and things click at some point. And for Michigan, it, it took some time, and things are starting to click. And it's not as if I think Josh Gaddis has begun – altering his playbook and they, they didn't I mean to their credit to, to Harbaugh's credit to that staff's credit they stayed the course and the execution just just finally showed up and and I think with that and it really started in the second half of the Penn State game but with that confidence has arrived has arisen and and as the confidence grows suddenly the whole vibe of the team has changed and you're right I mean the fact Tate Patterson's playing the best football of his career right now is is so refreshing from a Michigan perspective uh, because he's the trigger man. He makes it all click, and, and, and he's a great fit for this offense. Uh, the receivers are talented. They're finally starting to be kind of activated, and, and and this is a team that I feel like, I don't know, maybe – I really think what they did against Indiana was, was meaningful. That, that was a game I picked Indiana to cover that spread. I thought Michigan would win, but Indiana would keep it close. That's the type of game the old Michigan team before Ohio State – uh, would would hang around, would let 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 Indiana kind of hang around. They blew them out, um, and that that tells me something. And so I'm fascinated to see whether this Michigan team can really, 
you know, kind of really step up to the plate here in this big moment. Um, because with all that said, and, and I have more confidence than I have all season right now in Michigan being able to keep this close. But with all that said, Ohio State is still, I think, a, a clear tier above Michigan in terms of 1 to 85 talent. Uh, and the test is real. And Ohio State's probably the best team in college football. And I don't care how good you're playing if you're Michigan. If you're playing the best team in college football, that's, that's a big mountain to climb. It almost feels like a perfect storm. We've spent the last several years thinking this is the year Michigan does it against Ohio State. And this week we're giving them really no chance. Um, maybe we'll see. We'll, well see. Yeah, I mean, we, we've given them no chance all year long. I think you can talk yourself into Michigan for the first time right now. I kind of am. I kind of am. It's this is a big I mean this is a big Ryan Day test too. Yeah. Because we've I think we've been or I've been very impressed with the way not surprised, but impressed. Because I think we, we expected Ryan Day to come in and keep this team sharp and, and keep them loose in a in a way that Urban Meyer maybe didn't. The personalities are very different. And so I've been very impressed with the focus of this team. Think about what it did to Penn State last week. That was a close game. Uh, due to turnovers, but that was a the box score said 35-7. I mean, that, that's really what the game should have been in a lot of ways. And so, to, so they haven't really had a close game all year. And so, this is what the Ohio State coach is judged on, though. So, is he going to have them sharp and ready for this this moment? I think they will be. I think Michigan's going to get Ohio State's best shot. So that's that's a that's a test. Yeah, we're recording this earlier in the week. Um, so that's why we're not doing picks. We're not ready. And I don't want to wake up on Friday and regret what I said Tuesday, but I'm kind of I'm kind of looking at everything and, and sort of maybe thinking Michigan can do this. All right, two more games. Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma's a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. You notice a trend here? All three of these games for the, for the favorite team with the playoff implications on the road. So last year, defense was the issue for the Sooners. Now it's turnover margin. Jalen Hurts coughs up the rock on a weekly basis, and they're number 116 nationally in that category. This is another team that really needs to make a statement, but something just seems a little bit off with them. Well, here's the deal with Oklahoma. They played Iowa State, whose record wasn't impressive, but Iowa State has been a really good team all year long, is a really good team. Uh, The turnover issues were – were debilitating against TCU, kept that game close. Baylor, kind of the same thing. Uh, turnover stung them. Uh, they, they got off track, and obviously they, they, they won that game. And in the way they, they handled the second half is almost as impressive as any half you're going to see all year. So the more I, I really dig on this Oklahoma team, the, the more my concerns are allayed uh, because – what, what, what did he say all year last year? We said, man, Oklahoma's offense is so good. If their defense was just average. Two stops. Yeah, they would be, how, how good would this team be? If they could just be average on defense. Well, they're average on defense this year. I mean, that's a big step up. They're average on defense. They average, this, this year, they've had two games where they've allowed more than six yards per play in a single game. Last year, they averaged more than six yards per play. Uh, so this is a very different defense. And I think the, the defense has kind of gotten maligned recently unnecessarily. I mean, when you think about uh, there's a pick six in that Baylor game, or what, did they score on the pick? Anyways, long reception TCU. turn. Uh, TCU, they had a pick six. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts. You know, uh, Jalen Hurts. 
who's been this model of consistency, model of ball security throughout his entire career, has just hit a little stretch where he's been turned the ball over. And if he doesn't, if he does take care of the football, we're probably sitting here talking about Oklahoma should be a playoff team as like the favorite. So I'm very interested. Like at the same time, every time that we've seen these big spreads with Oklahoma over the past three weeks, I've jumped on the underdog, being like, well, Oklahoma isn't. 14 points better than anyone in the Big 12. They're all pretty good, and they can all keep them close. But then when you really dig into, the, into what's happened in these games, I think this Oklahoma team is pretty good. So can Oklahoma State – look, if, if Oklahoma State had Spencer Sanders mm-hmm. and Tylen Wallace, then, hey, this feels like another shootout. But, what, I mean, is Drew Brown really going to be the guy to beat Oklahoma? Yeah, uh, he's their backup, for, transferred from Hawaii one time. He was 22 for 29 and two touchdowns against West Virginia. This game is like one of those classic throw out the score or throw out the record, throw out the spread. It was 48-47 last year. That was an Oklahoma State team that was 5-5 five and five against Kyler Murray. I agree with you. I think Oklahoma's has – I think Oklahoma's a top-four team in football, to be honest, and their game control against CCU was great. At just a certain point, I would like to stop saying, well, if only it wasn't for the turnovers this week or that week or that week because it's just a thing, and it's been a thing since you know the Texas OU game in October. Jalen Hurts, you would think if anyone can figure out ball security would be Jalen so we'll see um Oklahoma needs to start winning games in impressive fashion to make a jump Texas A&M at LSU the last one we're going to talk about so the 16 and a half point favorites the Tigers are at home here another number one team the Aggies are going to have to play last year this was 74 72 and seven overtimes A&M won thank goodness that will not happen again look LSU's defense is something that we're starting to talk about in the last few weeks. And I don't know if A&M is the perfect team to test them for that. They're 57th nationally in offense, but with quarterback Kellen Mond, like they've got pieces to, to scare LSU at least. They do. I mean, I think Texas A&M is, I mean, they've, they've emerged as a team this, this, this year. That is, I think, I mean, certainly better than this record. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're just the classic team who's going to beat who, who's, who they're better than, and they're going to be competitive with who they're not. And But this is probably a really good litmus test for LSU heading into the SEC championship game because uh, you're right. The defense has emerged as a concern, and A&M is this interesting team that wants to run the ball, has found ways to run the ball late in the year, has has had a freshman tight end start to emerge, has had a true freshman running back start to emerge, and it's, it's found some success on the ground. It ran to a brick wall, Georgia, didn't wasn't able to, to get anything going on the ground against that, that program, but can it get a, a ground game going against LSU? Can we get a little preview of what you know, what LSU can do against a team that really wants to run the ball? And and then can Kellen Mond be that complement that really really tests this LSU defense? Um, if those things happen, then all of a sudden the, you know the the burden lies on defensive coordinator Mike Elko for AM to just kind of slow down. He'll hold LSU to 30, 27, whatever. And so um, none of those things are givens, but it, it's going to be a really interesting coaching matchup. Uh, in terms of of how those two teams handle each other. Uh, yeah, A and M is number twenty one on defense nationally. I lied. We have one more game to talk about. Barton, thank you for passing me a phone note and bringing it to my attention. Number uh, we got Wisconsin at Minnesota. And Wisconsin's actually a two and a half point favorite, and this is a battle for the Big Ten West for the right to play Ohio State. Yeah. What's your read on this one? Uh, 
I'm I'm actually surprised Wisconsin's the favorite mm-hmm. here because this is I mean we're, we're talking a little bit of a tale of two seasons for Wisconsin you know the first half of the season uh, against a kind of a middling schedule it it was really taking care of the football it was playing really good defense and it was blowing teams out and then second half of the season has not been as effective uh, protecting the football have been a little bit more exposed in the past game and still runs the ball really well. Uh, but who's it Who's it running the ball against? Some teams that really struggle stopping the run at times this year as well. So I don't know what to make of this Wisconsin team. I think Minnesota is – that's going. its game's going to be at home. Minnesota is going to be – I mean, they've, I mean Tanner Morgan and that pass game has been one of the stories of the Big Ten this year. And defensively, they've, they've really just been good enough, and they've been very opportunistic in their own right with Antoine Winfield and those guys forcing turnovers. So, you know, I, I think this is almost like, to me, a, a game about can can Wisconsin just sort of reassert itself and 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 mind control this Minnesota team and just sort of, hey, we're, we're still the king of the, king of the West. Um, because in a lot of ways, I feel like Minnesota has been playing more consistent football to this point. So, um This is going to be, I think, a really interesting matchup. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, we ask that you leave us a five-star rating, leave us a review, tell us whatever you want to tell us. For Connor Tapp, for our producer, Tony Levitt, for Barton Simmons, I'm Trey Scott, and we'll see you on Sunday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.